Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I come before you today with this message of dire importance. Lately, each movie we make costs about as much as a 10-year-old used car would cost. We save up for a few years and then spend it all on our newest movie. Of course, these movies earn us almost nothing, but it's so much fun. I'd rather have a bunch of movies than a bunch of used cars. Can I come over and watch Ricky Farley with you tonight? The film you're about to see contains scenes of shocking river beast action, which are definitely not for the timid. Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Let the Moturn Cast Get You, a podcast series dedicated to discussing the films of Charles Roxburgh and Matt Farley. I'm here today with Matt Calvin and Stephen as always, and we're happy to welcome our very special guest, Charles Roxburgh himself, as we discuss the 2009 Moturn Media and Shock Marathon classic, Monsters, Marriage and Murder in Manch Vegas. How are you doing today, Charles? Good, good, good. You guys can call me Charlie too, just for fun. Just for fun. fun. Okay, yeah. we're all about we're all about fun here. We're, we're having guys. fun. We will do so. That's how you know we're yeah. having fun. Yeah, during one of our moments of thinking, how can we get people to watch our movies? I think Farley and I kind of hit on. Well, at least if we say Farley and Charlie, it rhymes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like we're running with that. Maybe that'll help us. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been pitching for a long time that song from Muppets Christmas Carol, the Marley and Marley, but the Marley and Farley, the Char- Charlie and Farley. Oh, song. Just um, we've. Marley, I will write Marley. that before before yeah, 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 the podcast yeah. series so that, that's, is out. That's that's the finale. <laughs> Marley and Farley finale. <laughs> Charlie Marley Farley finale. Just, uh, we like rhyme here. We like rhyme. No it reason helps. for it. No rhyme. Yeah get it stuck in people's heads like no 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 batman or something you're good for a few decades yeah. <laughs> my favorite rhyme is no 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 and batman totally. yes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or at least a good yeah so something catchy at the very least mm. <laughs> so monsters marriage and murder in manch vegas is probably the film from motor media that's the hardest to remember the name of and to pronounce on mike do you yeah. have fond memories of this one charlie Oh yeah, be without a doubt. It, you know, it was uh, we were kind of a ragtag group of friends mm. making a movie about a ragtag <laughs> gang in the same town, and having fun at summer. You know, was part of the storyline, <laughs> and it was what we were doing for real. Yeah. So everything was really unified in that way, and. Uh, you know, when Farley and Tom and Marie are shooting baskets, we had to be like, wait, we got to like, actually, this is, we aren't those characters. Like, let's get it to, you know, I'm holding the camera. I'm not one of the characters, but um, we got to get back to filming. And then when they're swinging on a rope swing, you know, it's like we were oh, all hanging awful. on a beach and there's no, there's no movie artifice around because no. there's no one else. Um, there's no, there's no grip equipment. There's no lights, you know, it's just like, wow, we're, we're really capturing everything just as it is and sure. uh the you know the task of making a super fun summer movie celebrating all the things that we like was was lovely uh, yeah this feels like a real, a real crux film i think so far in in the filmography like i feel that obviously if we see river beast as the very popular and like our favorites here and i know it's a, it is a popular favorite this definitely kind of like puts in place a lot of the things that that film has as well um i think quite structurally as well but this also feels like if you were to combine crew and country which we loved and bits of paperboy um which we also think is really good then you get this movie like it's got the kind of like Mm. 
the college what i do like about this movie is it's like a college prank movie without the baggage of being like horrible like frat boy college stuff <laughs> it managed yeah. to be like animal house without like the horribleness or revenge of the yeah. nerds without the horribleness yeah so, when like, you watch some of those 80s one, thank you when you watch some of those 80s ones now i'd be like oh that's a little that's too harsh that's hard yeah, that's you tough. Do that. yeah. But, but now you know yeah you're yeah, i appreciate that thank you we, we did just try to have celebrate the fun of it and you know our movies are always kind of gentle as farley says and yeah. uh so yeah, it, it was kind of everything coming together with, we were finding more locations. We were finding more people to work with us. We, even though the camera was kind of breaking, we already had bought the camera. So it was kind of a no brainer to, to shoot on film again, because yeah. we had already spent about, not a lot of money. It was about a thousand dollars, I think for that sync sound, you know, I shouldn't say sync sound, that motor driven <laughs> super 16 camera we were using. It's very, very loud. So no one in his or her right mind uses it on a sync sound movie because it sounds like a sewing machine <laughs> <laughs> cranking away. And we could only kind of get away with it because we're outside like 95% of the time. Mm. That's and even like, then, like I don't know if we though. get away with it. <laughs> something about that, like my my probably my favorite musician of all time is um, John Donnell of the Mountain Goats, and like his early records. Oh yeah, going directly into a boombox, and you've got that like sound in the background the that whirring. you said it's up to the like, what is this? And like, no, that's why it's good. Oh, it's good because yeah. it sounds wrong. That's like, <laughs> I mean, that's what, when we talk about the difference sometimes between movies and and music, like among Farley and Tom and stuff. Be like, there's a place in the world for garage rock and like mm. like early Mountain Goats, like early Beck recordings and stuff. And then when you try it in movies, people are like, "What you doing? That shot's not perfect." <laughs> like, this well, movie is broken. <laughs> there's garage rock. There's people who do really rough, like charcoal sketches that aren't done with the mm. most fancy oil paints. There's people who you know can get away with folk art and like different rustic styles. But when it comes to movies, you try to you try to make a little Manchester yeah. comedy with homemade <laughs> equipment, and they don't. Nobody likes it. I'm just kidding. You guys <laughs> like it. We like it. We love it. The powers that it. be. Yeah, people with people who are established fun. Yeah. So yeah, I watched it. Watched it for the first time today. Did you? Did you other guys? I think Stephen, you've seen. That I before. rewatched me. Still awesome. Love it so much. I think today Matt and Calvin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. First time for me, and we're all on board. I think. Uh, oh, we have the 100%. same level of appreciation. I think we mm. may all have the same score. I'm, I made out mm. and on it. I, I love it. I I, uh, I notice. Um, well, tell me if it's not true, but more direction in this one specifically than mm. the last few where there's more cuts, a little bit more going on behind camera. Camera moves a little bit more, um, more fluidity, um, more built into the visual aesthetic. Uh, uh, a lot that I really appreciate. And uh, I just appreciate the, the general vibes of you all anyway. Um, uh, I guess what was the experience like and uh, what was this moving toward for you? Um, well, trying to just make as the most fun, watch it with a group kind of movie that, that we could, mm -hmm. um, celebrating all the things that we liked in, in every respect, be it old, old technology, you know, classic jerseys that kids could wear, have getting to spend more time with your friends than you really get to on, on a, you know, and then filmmaking wise celebrating all those things too do you know you know funny funny jump cuts or using the zoom lens a little bit or we were using a, a wheelchair on this one so there was a wheelchair dolly for a little bit of that fluidity you're talking about cool. which was 
unbelievable. One time pushed by um, a toddler who was, we, we, <laughs> when we were filming, oh, like, yeah, we were kind shining. of, <laughs> we were babysitting at the same time. I was like, hey, he's not busy over there. And I couldn't like wheel myself at the same time. So we, we gave him a quick crash course. Uh, you're an upright now, boy. You're an upright. Uh, it's commu- community filmmaking at its finest. You, know, you don't have to pay viewers. union rates when you get a toddler involved. Like it's really smart filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, uh, that happened. So we were babysitting. He was he was being babysat slash dolly grip, and uh, so yeah, we had we had the dolly. We had a lot of locations in mind, and we had you know our go to people were all in place, and uh, we put every ounce of energy and effort that we had into going to all these locations and getting these people together and trying to pull it off. And Farley is trying to act at the same time, the phone in, is in his pocket, like getting ready to ring with someone saying that they can't make it mm. <laughs> throughout the first like several days of trying to like pin people down. So um, we just rolled with the punches and, you know, kept a positive attitude. When were you shooting this summer of 08 or 09? Uh, I think it was, it came out in 09. I'm so mm. bad for not knowing this. Um, I guess it was 09 that we shot it in the summer and then it, it, it was released as well. Farley knows that stuff a little better than I do. I forget, but, um, it was quick and, you know, the ratio is ridiculous on amount of content to finished product. Mm. No sane person would do this because it's mostly, it's, Unless something really goes wrong, it's it's yeah. one take. I mean, Carly said before that there's not a lot of B-roll, but I think what we really want is maybe the movie behind the movie. We want the the film of you directing the the toddler with the with the wheelchair. <laughs> um, there's you, a little yeah. bit of that kind of footage, but not a lot because there's say, always not so, someone around to film it. Do you mm. think like accumulated though? Do you think there's there's something there? There's a little bit. You, okay. If you look on YouTube, I bet you, or I could send you guys a clip of the toddler pushing me. And we love see, it. You'll see, wow, he is not joking. You need Let's a get backup toddler to film the main toddler. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think, Matt, if we get into full-on symbio-psychotaxoplasm mode, we film films whilst we're making films, and have films behind films behind films and stacking films, then we can get the most... Because as soon as you make like 12 movies a year, if you're making at least two films at the same time, one film of the film, that's two ticked off right there. And oh my gosh. Yeah. It would totally happen that the, that the one that was, was, it, was a che- cheesy thing just showing us going through these embarrassing... Like a documentary showing all of our embarrassments would be the one that would make some money <laughs> everything that we're working <laughs> so hard on somehow the uh motern somehow the motern uh symbo psycho taxi plasm will be your best-selling movie uh, yeah, i i yeah. don't know how it works but there's math there somewhere <laughs> it gets into yes. the criterion closet you know yes. yeah. it's onto the yeah, afi yeah, yeah. top two right next to the bracket you know um, <laughs> with with it being on film i could we spoke a lot to farley about like obviously like there's how much it makes sense for your kind of like slasher pastiche to be on film and that kind of like the look of it is instantly evocative so this mm-hmm. being like a like a pseudo like frat boy pseudo like dazed and confused hangout movie and you talking earlier about this idea of when are we actually in character when we're just hanging around and when you're like burning film like that is it more difficult to get the vibe of a hangout movie does it make more sense to film this on film uh we we were all pretty much on the same page with coming off freaky farley pretty recently um the only one who i guess hadn't really done it was our new edition marie 
um, because this is, she hadn't been in a movie before. So we kind of got to, we kind of got to show her the ropes from scratch. So she didn't know <laughs> to, to like was that any fun other to feel way. Like an expert to like feel like the old hand and be like, this is how you do it. This is how I you do guess. it. I guess there wasn't even time for that. Cause we, we, you know, she, she was from a Craigslist find and uh, <laughs> she was going to play a smaller role. And we met her that day and we said, you got a bigger role. And then five minutes later, we were filming with her <laughs> and it just turned out that she was amazing and saved mm. the movie. And that's not an exaggeration because we you were we were in so much trouble. I mean, before <laughs> one of the times when we couldn't find an actress for one of the other roles, Farley and I were on the streets of Manchester. And the night before we walked by a girl who was playing guitar busking on the corner. We were like, she might want maybe she likes movies this is entertainment <laughs> and we most people over, like movies you know and we brought it up we brought it up we, we mentioned it and it turned out that she like knew she, her boyfriend knew farley through the grapevine and was like oh my gosh they just called and wanted me you know it was like ultra embarrassing and she's like no i can't do it but let me just like <laughs> check in with my boyfriend it would be amazing if she like if he knew was like no 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 not with them yeah you, you yeah. don't want to get with them with no no I, we, wait, I know of them not that yeah time. Well, he knew we were kind of nerdy so he was like yeah you're you know they're harmless mm. <laughs> not those nerds <laughs> would you say like most of your crews generally come from your personal life it feels like you have like a, a rotating crew of motorn players who are uh, uh, generally very uh, important to the film uh uh some of our favorites mcgee of course uh uh, the the fan favorite of the site uh, as an actor like in general Please, so award that, winning Kevin yeah, McGee. we we did yeah, award him award winning oh, lovely <laughs> you named yeah. an award after him so. yes he won the Kevin McGee award the first recipient of the Kevin McGee award oh good choice guys inspired yeah he deserves it he's fantastic and he's yes amazing. we we work with all the all of our friends like you know Farley says a lot they'll show up which is kind of one thing yeah. but we also have written a part for them so we're saving time, not having to try to like fill a role. And um, we've written it to their strengths anyway, especially Sharon and McGee, I'd say on this one, because we knew it was going to be Sharon and we, we write the lines to her voice. And she's just like, this sounds like I would say it that way. And then that helps her get her lines out smoother. And she's just unbelievable. Most of her stuff, I, I mean, it's 95% one take because she's has this innate ability to just process a line and, and repeat it back in a charming wonderful way so we're lucky with we're lucky in that regard um so yeah it is like family and friends people who will show up this movie being sort of like a crux movie or an in-between movie we mm. did reach try to reach out to some people because there were so many roles in the original script beyond just the people we knew and also when one or two people dropped out so and those people, one of the girls uh, got hives on the morning of filming. Oh, no. a, but we don't, we never talked to her. She just called and says, hey, I'm not going to make it. Oh, that's too bad. We're filming in an hour. <laughs> got hives. Uh, so that was, that was one of our funny life things. So we're like, Kevin, she's got hives. We got to like think of something else to film. So there were a couple things like that where people just, they weren't lifelong friends or family and they couldn't do it, you know? So I think it was a good life lesson too about about that tactic, you know, of working with people who have to show up, sort of <laughs> pulling friendship debts. Thing, but then yeah, but then then you never know. But then we had Marie, and you know, like on Freaky Farley, the witch. We didn't know her 
at all. And she was wonderful. You know, she was above and beyond what you could ask uh, anyone to do. So you never, you never really know. Which Something I think is an appeal of a lot of your films, because obviously you do have like the great recurring cast when you see like those, those like, it feels like character actor kind of thing. It was like someone right. from outside of the fold, something there being that strange character in the corner is such a great thing to keep going. Um, yeah. The witch standing out specifically for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we are just, we are putting every ounce of everything we have into getting it done. So there wasn't like a lot of debate about, Oh, is she, you know, there's no like reading for the reading for the part or anything like that. <laughs> We're just like, Oh, she's relatively close. She's going to do it. She seemed nice. And then we just like try to make it work. And Farley's really great at like being very sociable. And while I'm doing all the loading of the camera and trying to like figure out what the shot's going to be, he's chatting and like making sure that the person feels comfortable and Farley's parents also help when we're filming there. They're just like, Oh, how's your family? Where are you from? And I think everybody feels comfortable. And then that's everything we want to put into the movie is all these good vibes. It's like anything that's not good vibes. We just don't do it. Either it doesn't make the movie or we don't even, we just don't go there because we're trying to, create this moment when everyone's watching it together and it just feels really good or even when people can't watch it at the screenings or together in their house that they feel good something about the positivity of the motor movies is kind of what keeps bringing us to them and i think why we need to start a podcast because they are the nicest movies that we cover on the website (laughs) like they're the most endearing sweetest movies that we may ever cover i mean next to like a Gamera and uh, Billy Wilder. I think uh, your movies are the sweetest oh, that will uh, oh. that will ever touch. So, uh, is there is there the some <laughs> is there some the like driving set. idea there? Like what what makes a Motorn movie for you? Since it's our uh, first interview with you. Yeah. Um, well, I think the the camaraderie, the fun, the um, celebration of Americana and the things we like, um, making the world sort of the way that we want it to be. You know, so there's a lot of simplification that we do sort of movie shorthand that we expect that people know about and things from old movies and, you know, all those things go together. But then also being able to watch generally watch them with the family and be having a really good screening, like I said, because when when I was a kid, my mom is a big movie buff and my grandma was, too. I would often have to be the one who, like, picked which movie to put on. So I don't know, in my bones, I kind of would always, we try to think of like, okay, what happens in that movie that's going to like <laughs> be difficult to watch? But I think what we try to do with ours as we're writing it, it'd be like, okay, well, I think everyone can be have a good time with this and just get a little bit of, of escapism. And then if we could get that wonderful happiness when everyone's walking out of the theater, which happens only once or twice, <laughs> um, but that's still worth it. I think we've got at least one friend that watched um, River Beast with a family member of theirs, with a parent, um, because they just thought their parent would love it, and their parent did love it, which is like such a lovely oh, thing. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's nice. To, yeah, it's nice to be able to share that. And uh, I want to say no. it was Cody. It was, yeah, <laughs> Cody. Yeah, yeah. Front of the it's show. A, it's especially fun to, to watch it with a group, though, because because of the subtlety of the humor. Sometimes people can use a little <laughs> a little kick in the in the butt with like hearing a few people chuckle. And then, yeah, yeah, then yeah. it starts rolling. And that, that's true of many comedies, but especially of a subtle comedy and one that doesn't have things that are crass or in your face funny. There's not slapstick funny. There's not a priori funny things. It's just situations. And 
there's also grammar exploitation, which I yes. remember when I was talking yes. to Will yeah. and Justin yeah. said, well, we have, which is the least prof- profitable of all the exploitations. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's, it's also the cheapest. So, it's the funnest. It's, uh... yeah, we always enjoy that. And that's, yeah, it's fun Most... to write it. It's fun to hear the guys try to say it. Most of my notes watching these movies are those sort of grammar exploitation moments and these little, little turns of phrase and little just like Farley will drop a line and drop a word that I haven't heard it's yeah. so long and it's like the perfect yeah. context for it and that's uh, that, that my main draw to i think your movies is that sort of endearing strangeness of vocabulary it's always <laughs> fun. we should keep using this term because the more and more we use a ploitation suffix the more and more it's likely that quentin Tarantino will make a documentary about it because he will appear <laughs> on any ploitation documentary so we Very keep saying grammar exploitation he yeah. will just manifest and suddenly you'll be lifted up yeah new england exploitation and having our having our accents you know the real accents i i don't have the massachusetts accent but uh jim McHugh, farley's uncle is mm. just it's just a gem hearing how he says lines and brian fortin also has a pretty good accent yes uh, so yeah, those are those are our, all the things that we can kind of celebrate. And because we both love like basketball and being outside and going for walks, and Farley and I used to go for very very long walks all the time from college into when he first moved to New Hampshire. So we spotted, especially Farley spotted on his walks, but sometimes together we would spot like, oh, there's there's a little beach scene could happen there. Mm. this park no one's ever here to like yell at you we could just drive we could park the car down here we could build the hobo shack right there and it's like <laughs> all those kind of things over the course of those couple of years when he first moved there we were like well yeah we're, we're kind of getting our mini mini lot in our heads about <laughs> there's a tunnel there's a river scouting yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like three years amazing yeah which w- i think as we watched a bunch of Tom Farley and I watch a bunch of VHS movies, a bunch of B movies. And sometimes I do get bored when they're always inside. Mm. Um, (laughs) And uh, we have these locations basically for free. It's just like the, the, the muscle and the sweat to like walk into the woods for half an hour or say, okay, we're just going to do a quick scene here at this gazebo with like Farley and Marie. Cause it looks kind of nice and like more romantic, but then we got to like, pack the camera up and drive 20 minutes across town to this other place because it has a good view but it'll be free (laughs) so we so we do it you know it's kind of something you could do to i think make it more fun for the audience and subconsciously some people i've talked to who make their own movies like man you guys had a lot of locations in that movie it's like yeah well we thought it'd be more fun you know do you ever put yourself through that official process of getting permits to shoot somewhere or is it always just finding free places to go permits (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 nothing. I mean, I don't even know that they would care. And it might even be the fact that in like New Hampshire, if, as long as you're not really blocking any traffic or sidewalk, mm-hmm. you, it, they would say you don't need it. I'm pretty sure you don't need it. But um, <laughs> we like some of the places we <laughs> some of the places we film, it's just like there's nobody around, you know, so we do that for the view and also for like the ease of filming and hopefully good sound and everything. To go back to the thing you're saying, I, I love the point you're making about like these as like communal experiences, and I, I feel there's also a degree of like audience familiarity that really helps it. Um, Jack and I last last week went to see a movie um, that was a was a horror film, and I was sat next to a friend of mine, so it was in, in Math Madness, and a friend of mine was not looking forward to it because does not what Tommy does not mm. like them, and uh, thankfully he was really enjoying it, and he turns me halfway through and just went, "This is funny." 
is this supposed to be funny? <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Like you're finding, but I think there's the idea of like people with, with expectations about thing and like learning to meet a movement. It's things. And I feel like people have that with those most movies. And I think, I think all of us did to an extent with like Riverbees to being like, what is, is this movie doing something? What is yeah, it doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Now I get it now. And I think like having that communal experience is such a better way to watch it. Like having the experience was meant to be like, no, 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 no. It's on the level. Find it funny. Laugh along. You're allowed to. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's well put. I mean, that's what we, I, I think that's part of the part of the joy is that some people can use their brain to be like, are these guys serious? Like if there's a moment when you turn to your friend and say that, I think that's great. And uh, I also think that you should, th- we talk about this a lot where people would say, I can't believe this movie exists as you're watching. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if yeah. that can happen a few times in your movie, you're, you're probably in, in a good place, I think. So um, yeah, we do try to let the audience kind of come to that and having, having the subtlety of, of humor. And, um, I also personally like a movie that doesn't like hit you in over the head too much with the comedy or start too fast, just cause it's afraid that you're not going to be, you know, interested. It sort of like insults your intelligence. So mm. we kind of respect the audience and let them come to the movie and also, um, how should I put it? Just like, yeah, give them a place for it in their own mind. And then if once they make that connection, they will want to share it with their friends more, I think. Mm. They'll be like, and, and maybe see that experience through their eyes again. Be like, wait, yes. are you thinking what I'm thinking? Like, this is <laughs> unbelievable. This is so crazy. It yeah. is the art that you can connect with. I think that's, I mean, as has been proven by this like podcast of like, it's the thing where you want to find that kind of friend that will also find it. It's, it's, it's a great kind of like social lubricant in that way of being like, some kind of person will get this way that I get this and this will improve friendship. I think that comes from the communal spirit in the making of the movies. If they are mm. friends making movies for friends and yeah. it just has that effect when being watched as well. Yeah, I think it's something to like, there's a certain sense of humor in, in, in everybody. And some people just, mm. some things at times it clicks with people and some people it just, they don't get our humor at all. But, um, you know, we just put it out there and, and try to, we sort of like talk, some of our humor were also very much talked down to the audience in such a way that we're so talking up above almost so you makes you you go all the way around and come back to the top (laughs) because there'll be an an add-on line or something that's like a completely unnecessary line like when uh jimmy q says you go you have to talk to a hospital representative like a doctor (laughs) how how is like uh, how does that exist you know so that's like a little just a little thing for someone to enjoy yeah it's like barely even a joke because there's no punchline you just have to be like what is going on like that's amazing (laughs) i never thought that could that could not survive gatekeepers to get to a distributed product Mm. you know so yeah we we actually had a really good experience with doing gladiator clone when we were um we were actually it made it into a film festival in new hampshire and it was in a, an opera hall, an old opera hall type building, pretty, pretty big projecting D, mini DV, you know, or something. It was I mean, obviously shot on mini DV. I forget what the projection was, but there were two teenagers in front of us and it started and Farley like comes out with like his cloak on and zapping. And one kid turns to his other friend, he goes, what the? <laughs> That's it. That's it. There had been all these movies that were all like very like like shouldn't say polite but like about an issue and like your very mm. typical film festival movie druids players and clones those three things are issues to be fair yeah. yes <laughs> yeah well no one else was walking around topless in a in a in a sheet and th- this kind of raised the bar for uh wow what is going on here but you know, that was a good moment I'll, i will remember that
you're one of the people in Motrin, maybe the only one, you could correct me if wrong, but uh, you've worked on um, other films outside of the the brand. And um, what what keeps drawing you back to, uh, of course, you're working with friends, but uh, mm-hmm. um, what else would you like to work on? What have you worked on? Uh, what's your background outside of Motrin movies? Um, well, yeah, I started making movie movies for public access when I was in high school. And then... Um, a lot of, you know, Farley and Tom and I were in a liberal arts school in college. So I think that's part of the reason you see a lot of our stuff have like sort of an English literature leanings mm-hmm. versus the very designed, uh, you know, more more art, arty kind of movies. Um, they're, they're more grammar exploitation and stuff like that. And, and we, we really, really, really work on the plots where sometimes I'll see a movie that looks pretty good and I'm like, I'm not digging, you know, I'm not digging that the other aspects of it, but um, so yeah, I made, made a bunch of movies and shorts in high school. And then I started to make some music videos with my friends and, you know, Farley and I made the paper boy and in college, Um, you know, working on the music videos was working on film. So that was, that was really the impetus for freaky Farley and Manch Vegas. Once I, there's something about when you're shooting and you you see your own stuff that you look through the lens on come back on film that's kind of like life-changing it it makes everything feel different and almost like romanticizes it and just it feels like so special that uh that was why we we were like oh we 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 really got to try at least once to, to to do this and we were lucky enough to to do it twice um, so professionally, yeah, I mean, uh, after I had finished my schooling, I was lucky enough to work, get an internship um, with a guy named Dave who worked for Corman. Mm. It was a mm. Corman school. Uh, during the 90s, he directed uh, multiple things for Corman during the video era. And by the time I got out there and met him and his buddy, Danny, who did, who did like all the posts, they were trying to do post-production out of their house. So when if you look at my IMDb, you see a lot of credits. It's mostly with those guys. They knew people. Dave knows people through Corman, going all the way back to some of the some of that stuff. And uh, they would be producing later things. And like, hey, those guys are working on movies out of a house. They could help with this or that, you know. So all the while working on these movies, I'm trying to get better with my skills because I know we can't pay anybody to help us. <laughs> editing, editing, color correcting, visual effects to fix things, and just like making the masters and then uh you know at the same time everything's breaking with new avenues to get your movie distributed so you know work on just worked on a bunch of stuff and kept kept at it both with movies for fun with farley and uh you know stuff for work what's more important to you sorry matt what's more important to you the process or the product the making of the thing or the thing that comes after that is a really good question. I'm not sure. I'm so I'm so sorry that you stumped me there, because yeah, I love making it, and you know, it, it, we have a mini friends and family reunion every time we make a movie. But then I also tell them, once we make this thing, we could talk about it for a long time from here on out. I mean, not too long ago, I think like you know, Sharon or Tom got like interviewed. You know, when River Beast got like re re you know put out by Justin on Gold Ninja Video or something. It's like, yeah, we did that movie years ago. And now some some film fan and you know distributor who's you know, does an awesome job is calling you from Toronto and saying, like, talk to me about this thing, you know. So it does live on and have its own life. And 
you know, the finished product is, is important. Um, so it's hard to separate the two because it's, there's always something going on. It, it's kind of ridiculous how, how much every day there's something going on with the movies. I mean, in a good way, but mm. something's getting remastered. We're, we're, we're working on editing of something or, you know, like, like with Manch Vegas, I was saying how, um, uh, telling you, Calvin, we're, we're trying to get it out there more. Yeah. So, um, because we only made, I think a thousand DVDs and they're all gone. I have one left. Um, and it was never released um, in physical media on HD. That was just that was just a regular DVD. So there's I've got like one. Farley's got one. That's about it. So uh, we got to get it out there more. We sold thirty to 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 Netflix, thirty physical DVDs to Netflix oh, wow. before I mean, they did. Send out by mail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the yeah. process was back then they bought thirty at like twenty nine ninety five a piece or something. We we opened up each case got rid of it, put 30 discs on a spindle, sent it to Netflix. And then for like a little while until all the discs got like broken or too scratched yeah. to use anymore, it was going around the country for a little bit. Ah, so oh, we, <laughs> we had a really weird like fly-by-night distributor um, <laughs> who helped us get set up with that. And Farley tells like some funny stories about it, but we were in like this, his little tiny, tiny apartment in Manch. And we had, we had finished the movie. We had these crazy cases of DVDs. And we're talking to this distributor and he's like, Hey babe, you know, I do everything over the phone. No, no, no emails. That, that's what he told us. Oh, like, okay. That's, that sounds good. It's like, yeah. Is that because he doesn't want a paper trail? Usually the consensus, I think. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, and he's like, here's what we do. Send them to Netflix. And then, uh, you know, and he's like, you guys, should, and he said, you guys should put out a full page ad in home video magazine. So we were like, all right, we'll do it. So we we did this <laughs> full page. Ad. We did this full page ad, and then we were like, "Does he is he in with these guys who run this magazine?" Like, I, I never even heard of this. And I was like, "I don't care. We're going to be in a magazine." And so, <laughs> so we did that. But um, yeah. So, Manch Vegas though, it's due to to get a little bit more out there because mm. when it came out in two thousand nine, it was such a different. People can't even wrap their heads around how different it was. Like, iTunes was coming out, and we got it on iTunes, but I mean, that's, that is completely dead as any kind of distribution model for like a feature film now. Yeah. And, um, the Netflix thing was just quick. We, we sold 30. And then once they got all out of circulation, I, I wrote and I was like, well, are they going to, are you guys going to buy any more? They're like, we, we gauge it based on consumer interest. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we got to like call up and say, hello, I am, I am a film fan who enjoys <laughs> this, monsters, this quite nice movie. I wish it were in stock. <laughs> These are the things that I'm interested in. Monsters, marriage, murder. <laughs> Maybe in Manch Vegas. Do you have a movie that would fit my chance? <laughs> by chance, good sir. Yeah, so no, we, uh, we need to get it out there some more. So we, you know, there's this place called Film Hub that you could submit your movie to if you have everything in order technically. And then the different places like Tubi or mm. Roku or others, some other weird ones, Plex, other, yeah. other even weirder ones than that can pick it up. And then you can kind of log in and see how, see how it's doing, you know? So yeah, it is due for that. And I guess maybe like a Blu-ray release at some point, but. Um, I think it's a gold ninja release. Really that would be amazing. Because the Freaky Farley rescan, it looks a lot, it looks nice. It looks really good, like cool. in a wonderful way, not in a too good way, because it's never going to be too good because <laughs> there's there's so much dirt in that movie because we're changing. Oh, you want that though? 
yeah, 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 well, yeah. Well, we, well, we got it, baby. We got it. I'm out there in Crouping the woods. Taking, Jaws of dirt. Taking off yeah. monster claws, right? <laughs> Let me open up the film canister. Yeah. You know, open it up. And then there's like, you know, debris everywhere. Then you just tape up the can. Like, all right, that reel's done. Next, because we're shooting 100 foot reels, which is the three minute reels of Super 16. So that goes by three minutes. Every time that happens, you got to open up the camera again. And because it's not on a magazine, it's just in a daylight spool, small daylight spool with metal on each side. So the, the light can't get onto the film. But every time I'm manually loading the camera, there's a chance that it's going to jam or that the loop won't be just right, too. So sometimes when we were shooting that, we're like, all right, got the camera loaded. Let's go. And you would feel it like tighten. And then, <laughs> oh, man, all right, hold up, hold up. And then you try to. So then you would lose that first shot or two. But um, yeah, it's quite an art trying to know when the camera rolls out, if you got it or not. Because, you know, you'll see light leak at the end. And because, you, you know, you got it. A little bit of the film has to hit. Well, we had a changing bag, but you always get a little bit of, especially at the beginning, a little bit of a light leak and stuff. But that's, I don't want to bore you with technical things. <laughs> but it is it is <laughs> funny being out there yeah i mean all we had technically was i had an analog light meter this camera which took a, a small battery and it could run all day on one battery because all it is is it doesn't even have any electronics in it other than a motor there's no like sensors there's no nothing so that's all we had so we we grabbed those two things and we're good to go you know which was cool. It's in a way, it was a little bit more um, freeing to be shooting on the film because you don't have a computer you're lugging around. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there's no transferring of the footage. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you, just, you just you just take the cans, the stuff we taped for the day, put it in a box, and then it, that was it. And you kind of, I felt like, okay, we got that. You know, felt pretty good about it. Like it's it's taped up. I trust film that by now. That. You know, and then until until it got scanned, we, there was no other copy in the world. We just loaded it all in a box, sent it off to the to the lab, and <laughs> hope it doesn't get lost in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of ten thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that's it's crazy process. We did have the camera break at one point though, because I dropped it a little bit on a rock. <laughs> that would do that. Yeah, that would do that. Yeah, I had it, not too high above the rock, but it. it, <laughs> mm. it it hit enough. on it and yeah, enough yeah, to like set right, something right, off off kilter inside. And I turned the advance button and it just wouldn't go. So we were we had to film. We it was in the middle of filming Manch Vegas. So uh Farley had to work the next day. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to New York tomorrow. It's a place in Manhattan that the camera came from. We're gonna see if they could fix it in a day, and then I could turn around and drive back up to New Hampshire and get re get ready to film for the next day. And it worked and they did it. Wow. Yeah. Is there a moment that made you decide I'm never shooting on film again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, the only thing that was hard is that uh, we were, you know, making such wild movies and such wild locations <laughs> and stuff and running around that, that the, the uh, lens started to get a little loose and it needs like a real technician to go in there with some metalworking tools and like reshore it up. Um, I always felt excited about shooting on film. Uh, I, I, uh, sometimes you just know that when the light is gleaming right and you're setting up a shot and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, I'm excited, very excited that this is going to be good. And the fact that it's a little bit harder is, is secretly more fun. I mean, you, you spoke earlier about like this kind of like lack of like 
amateurism and like outsider art in in, in the film space. Um, but if we look at your career over time, I mean, we've I've said a lot on this podcast about how much I love Her She Got Married and like how I just think it's a really excellent film. And like I remember, I've, I said when um, Farley was on the um, Twin Geeks cast that uh-huh. I was watching it on a on a screener upstairs. I was sat on the bed and my partner came and sat next to it. And I paused it at the end and she was like, "That's an amazing shot." And I'm like, "Yeah, that is an amazing shot. Like, it's, a, it's a really beautiful sequence. The distance one at the end mm. we can see so far, and it just looked yeah. wonderful." Oh, like, thanks. So clearly, I mean, though I think you've you've always been a good bunch of filmmakers, but clearly, like your your craft has grown over time. But then you saying as well that you really admire this kind of like outsiderish. Is that growth of craft important to you? Is that something that you care about and you want to nurture? Is that something that you feel you have to do to like get by in this like harsh world of filmmaking? No, I, I do like uh, I do like you know traditionally beautifully shot films and you know anything Coen Brothers work on and you know Kubrick and Hitchcock, all that stuff. Um, for a lot of our movies, it's whatever's happening on that day like we can't control things that much Mm. some of the shots we could get on her she got married a little bit more um peacefully were just because farley was the the character so there's thousands you know maybe hundreds of extenuating circumstances about you know who who needs to go home and how many people are in the shot and you know what state our technical gear is in at this time and stuff um for the river beast shooting it on the dslr camera i felt a lot more um formal with the tripod and um it's just you get you get the jelly cam and the rolling shutter problem and i you know i'm pulling my own focus so there's a lot of issues with trying rack things and they are not cinema lenses either that we shot river beast on those are just slr lenses from the 90s which people people go back to like the 70s lenses or they want like the new. They're not like yeah, get a random man. <laughs> that was all we had. That was all we had. So Zack uh, Snyder using those weird 60s Japanese lenses. And apparently that's a great thing. But no, these right. 90s SLR lenses. 90s. Nice. Yeah. That Farley happened to have them because he had an SLR, you know, pre-digital camera. But um, yeah. yes, I do love beautiful things and working on, on my shots and everything. But there's so much going on that... Mm. And we're not, I always tell people this too, we're not just making this one shot for this one movie for like, you know, right now. We're making like, if we're making 20 movies and we make someone work too long or feel uncomfortable or doing too much of a technical perfection, then we might not get them for all the other movies. So you have to see the forest for the trees for what we're trying to do. You know, you can't, and I think if you, can learn from all the t- stories of hearing about, oh, this filmmaker did this or that and through tantrums or did like, you know, I've read a lot of film books and just, you know, you know how, how those set scenes, some people on set act like that. And we go as far 180 degrees from that as we can. Yeah. It's more about the relationships as well between the cast and crew, because you want that, that longevity for future yeah. projects. Whereas in like, I don't know, some sort of like a Hollywood production that is like, it's a, a, a high paying gig and it's like a sort of a one and done almost for like, I don't know, stars to come on set and they are stars to be yeah. able to demand and whatever is Christian Bale did. He's a star. He's, a, he's the biggest star in my heart. 
but Christian Bale like shouting at the boom mic guy and you know oh, just God, like yeah, things like yeah. that you right. wouldn't see that in a motor production yeah yeah just, I mean everybody yeah. we want everybody to want to be there as much as exactly. possible and then uh hopefully that contributes to the good vibes because the good vibes and the, the feeling of, yeah. of good spirit that we're trying to impart kind of trumps everything it's kind of most important so uh yeah, that that's that all goes into it. But occasionally, if it's just me and Farley grabbing a shot, he is very patient. Gener- you know, generally, as long as we don't have a full day of a million other things, if it's the end of the day and I can like mess around with the camera a little bit more. Um, but the Hurt She Got Married camera is a little more sophisticated, I guess, than the one we used on River Beast. So yeah. the technology is influencing us a little bit and working with what tools we've got. You know, you just... Each each day, each movie, we're just trying to do our best with what we got. The case of monsters, marriage, and murder in Mad Vegas. I, I would like to know the order that those ideas came to the movie. That that was mostly a Farley thing. I was like, he's like, this title will be so crazy that people will have to watch it. <laughs> basically um and we talked about it we're like wait don't lead with marriage a monster movie is the most popular one but then as they start saying the word they're going to get more the words they're going to get more intrigued and then very very few people know that manchester new hampshire is nicknamed manch vegas and in fact i don't think anyone knows why because there's debating theories um, some people say it's because it's not that happening of a place so it's kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, yeah and then yeah. some people have said that it was because there were some shady gambling like illegal sites wow. on the fringes of the city so it was like if you wanted to gamble you could go find some dive somewhere in manchester to... i don't know no one really knows but <laughs> it's a very place, neat uh, there's a place not far from me like a, a seaside town it's called Skegness, but it's referred to locally <laughs> as Skeg Vegas. And so when hearing oh. about Manch Vegas, I was like, oh, that's the equivalent of Skeg, Ve- Skeg Vegas, where oh. it's like, it's kind of like this tongue in cheek ironic thing where it's like, it's nowhere, it's miles, miles away from what Las Vegas is. But yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I, I found that's that wonderful. That's sister city. That's fantastic. Exactly. The sister wow. city. Put it on, put yeah. it on the, uh, on the <laughs> yeah, sign you- as you drive in. Yeah. You'd think that Manchester would be the sister city of Manchester, but no. No, no, it's Skegness. Skegness. This, like, crummy coastal town. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a national punchline. Only know Skegness because, like, it is, like, one of those towns that's just used as the butt of a joke. Like, that yes. is an English yeah, town yeah, that yeah. you introduce, like, that's a funny name. Skegness. Skegness. Yeah, so, you know, I think, you know, that that was, Farley was saying how wacky the title is. And then <laughs> I, I love filming in the woods. I've always been into, like, a little bit of mystery movies, a little bit of adventure, a little bit of young investigators movies, like, and books, which I read voraciously as a kid. So Hardy Boys, Three Investigators, mm. that kind of classic stuff. And we were, we were pulling from some of those things and some just young adult kind of things, but with adults playing them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that kind of all rolled together. And then there, the original idea, maybe there was a little bit more with the two gangs, but we couldn't really pull off <laughs> Southcott's gang as, as Southcott's well as Brian Foran and Farley's dad. They're, they're a dream. And then it became more funny because like, okay, instead of having a rival gang who has equal numbers and it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's a very oh, sort of sorry one that's smaller the, the, the and forced. The butler's forced. <laughs> the butler is oh. He's wearing his suit and then the t-shirt over the top. It's just one of those the moment where many, many puts moments. on that t-shirt is just 
heroic. Yeah, so uh, good. he does a great job. And Brian Fortin loves um, B movies and horror movies, especially horror movies. So he kind of speaks our language, and he <laughs> uh, he knows how to make his own movies too. So he's he's a good person to work so with. Um, so yeah, we just kept thinking, well, what can we what can we put in here? We're gonna have we're gonna have the monsters. We're gonna have so many '80s movies. Have the group of kids on like a dream field trip that would never really happen at least yeah, in my yeah. school and going on an expedition and uh <laughs> completely like unbelievable but um encountering some you know encountering some mysteries in the woods there so yeah we kind of had that was a big deal getting those people into the woods for that day and just having any sort of comfort because there's no tables there's really not you know, like chairs there's there's like a log and mounds uh, of dirt <laughs> and we were just we knew a big rain was coming that day and uh pedal to the metal you know pedal to the metal we're trying to trying to get that done it was like moving heaven and earth to um get our shots done that day before a, a hurricane came that day yeah, that was the. I think that was the one a bit of like the IMDb trivia. It was the, the, <laughs> yeah. the dig site was filmed like in the midst of like this massive storm. Yeah, <laughs> the sky was looking just straight up like really scary, and we were like, oh, we man. gotta get this done. You know, Add I mean, to, adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, only sure. film that sky. There were so <laughs> many bugs and such like a thick air, and but no, it did add to everything. And you know, I do appreciate watching a, an eighties, even though we don't have a lot of horror. You kind of have to dip into the horror genre to get regional films. Mm. Um, mm. You know, to get to get a large part of them. There's still regional family films, and there's like, <clears throat> you know, Harry Potter exploitation, and there's other other sure, fake... exploitate Harry Potter, exploitate yeah, the hell out of yeah. <laughs> Billy David Billy Owens. Why not you? You know, are you guys familiar with Billy Owens and the Secret of the Runes? Oh, I have not. But no. no. Is... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, like Barry Trotter kind of thing. Is this Barry Trotter? There's fake, uh, yeah. There's there's cheap um, family films that are very low budget sometimes. 2010, but, wow. But you got to dip into the horror to see the real, like the Don Dolor stuff, where you're seeing someone's house, you're seeing their family, um, you know, you're seeing stuff that didn't have to pass through a lot of the professional channels to to make sure. it onto onto film. So um, yeah, that 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 kind of thing that we'd see in a horror movie like Shriek of the Mutilated or um, uh, Winter Beast. You know that yeah, kind of that kind of thing. You know, like we can get that with these with this group of this group of people. So we kind of had the moss group, the sauce group, and we had this group of kids in the woods. Oh, but, but but they're still kind of like they still all have a little bit. And we used me as the hinge character because yeah. I was the only one who was able to be in town and walking. And I, and then they follow the camera. You know, kind of follows me as Farley spies on me going back to the woods. So I was the one who was able to be in two places at once where the college kids never were able to be in town. It is quite intricately plotted though, this film, like there are like, like three competing storylines that could like be main storylines in a film that feel from different things. So you, you, you've got the, the, the Farley love arc, but this is my favorite Farley love arc so far. I think we've spoken a lot about the kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Farley being in the center of multiple women. And this one of like, it's just such a, a nice, wholesome, yeah. not knowing how to interact. That being mm -hmm. like, chemistry that works so well. And then you've got the gang arc kind of separate from that. And then you've got <laughs> the serial killer arc. Kind the of the well, which is amazing. Arc, yeah. <laughs> the, like, yeah. 
faking weddings to like catch a serial killer. That oh, is that song. That's that inspired. song was so good. Like, there's a lot yeah. of really good Farley, like really funny Farley songs in this. Oh, and catch, yeah. catching a catching a killer by faking an engagement. I was just <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, it, that was yeah. We don't yeah. We were very lucky that, that that was a wonderful writing of a song by Farley. But it doesn't. It's not just playing on the soundtrack it's integrated at the exact moment that they realize that they maybe shouldn't release it so it's like it goes <laughs> one it goes one extra level and then yeah, also yeah. when it kicks in and i've only seen this movie with a group basically once but it worked i'll tell you it worked it was fun <laughs> it was fun everyone's like oh my god i can't believe this is happening um so yeah thank heavens to Farley and Marie, they were they were amazing. I mean, there were many times where Marie would do a line and she'd be like, you know, was that good? And probably I would be like, yes, that was good. <laughs> How did we get so lucky? You know, you're just doing, you're just giving us gold. And then we're like, well, okay, we got to go play basketball. Can you play? And she's like, yeah, I can play. <laughs> she could just, she's hitting shots. And I'm like, well, can you go on the rope swing? Yeah, I'm good on a rope swing. It was just like, how is this happening? This is unbelievable. Perfect. We were at We were at death's door trying to find people. And then it was just like, magic so every once in a while lightning in a bottle you know were you consciously thinking of the 1980s slasher he knows you're alone when you were when you came up with the uh marriage killings plot yes yeah yeah looking at the vhs taking notes while the movie was playing yes (laughs) (laughs) well sure (laughs) yeah no totally man Yeah, yeah 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 totally yes we uh we we thought that was fantastic and we'd watched it and and covered it for one of our shock marathons books mm. and i just liked you know we all we all liked the look that's a wonderful looking movie um w- wonderful plot everything about it you know um i kind of like that era a lot where it's not too glossy yet in before you get to like 1985 so i, I do think a lot of things i see nowadays are a little too glossy so i'm like if we can occasionally we have a, maybe a little bit of a bounce or a little something going on but we kind of can get something like maybe not quite he knows you're alone but like final exam like a little one notch below (laughs) one that a studio was involved with or maybe even a notch below final exam but get a look that's just like oh yeah every now and again the lighting's just right and you know this background's just right and thank heavens to elizabeth too because she had to uh she wasn't sure she was going to be in the movie she was like i'll help you guys out and farley was like please please help us if we're desperate we're probably going to be desperate and, and that that truth came to pass. So uh, she was a good sport and her scenes with McGee are among the funniest that we've ever uh, filmed. So Kevin was, he knows how to own a room, own an intersection, own a city. He just shows up and he's just like cool as hell. So pardon my language, but he's fantastic. Fantastic. So, and Elizabeth was right there. Giving him giving a great performance right back. So and having him and McHugh, you know, hollering at each other and there's things we always wanted to see in the movie. We were finally getting some of that. Like, well, what if Kevin is yelling at Farley's uncle and one's a cop who doesn't really know the proper jargon and one's like just a ladies' man who is who's <laughs> this is a little shady. Like, yes, that's what we want to do. I really want to talk about the I mean, we've sang the the Farley and Charlie song, but like the 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 Farley and Charlie dynamic, because it on obviously from a distance and not not knowing how it actually works mm-hmm. um but it really reminds me of are you familiar with the filmmaker ben wheatley 
Yes, but I haven't really watched too many of his so, movies. I, I mentioned him only because, like, so he's a British filmmaker who works very, very collaboratively with his partner, um, mm-hmm. but is only it's only ever he talked about being Ben Wheatley films, though him and Amy Jump, they work very, very closely together, mm-hmm. like, in all aspects. But because he is so, um, he it goes out to be very, very public, um, like, tweets up a storm, like a certain Matt Farley you talked about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and to the extent that when the films are spoken about, they are kind of, like, spoken about as, like, singly, attributed and i feel like we, even us on his podcast because obviously farley's such more public facing kind of like right. fall into perhaps the trap i don't know of like over attributing so do you feel there is that dynamic there of like you taking a little bit more of a backseat or do you feel that's unfair i don't know of that Ooh. sense of it being more widely collaborative but one person being much more public facing and therefore getting more of like the lion's share of the the attention and maybe some of the credit uh, I don't know. Well, Farley's a like a, an entertainer, so uh, yeah. <laughs> stands to reason very well. But um, no, we, we you know it's like it's kind of like we're throwing a party when we make our movies, and people are invited, and we're gonna try to put all these elements of fun into the pot and uh, make something out of it that we could all enjoy, you know, and, and keep life fun and interesting. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that in a lot of film history and, and stuff, there's always those kind of things where, I don't know, you read film books and they, they don't, they, people will try to simplify it because it's yeah. the world is complicated. It's hard to, it's hard to delve into everything too intensely, but uh, no, it works out good. And thank heavens Farley helps promote the movies a lot because mm-hmm. we don't have any promotions. We've never, I mean, even when, <clears throat> even when River Beast was quote unquote like distributed by that by that funny company <clears throat> they didn't do anything for us you know they made they made the discs but they charged us for they charged <laughs> us for the mastering like stuff i could have done they charged us for like the art and the menu and then we made a thousand discs and then we're like when they didn't all sell they like charged it again back against us Ugh. but um but they didn't like Ad, do ads or like pre-roll ads or anything they didn't do anything you know so it really is up to people to promote their own their own things but <clears throat> i do tend to pursue being like a film guy and an editor um you you know those are just like the quieter pursuits if you're mm-hmm. into gazing down at the camera and making sure it's working right and you gotta mm-hmm. always worry about is this camera working right? Are we backing up the files right? Is everything on point with, is this going to be easy enough to remember what we're doing now for the edit later? Is the audio rolling? <laughs> when you've only got two people. I mean, in some, some of our movies, we have three people on camera. And like when it's me, the I'm as the ninja, Farley, and then the witch, that's all that's there in the woods. And we're three on camera sometimes. So I have to, be be the ninja and then run over and turn off the camera or walk past the camera then grab the pan handle or gra- grab the tripod and then finish the camera move once i've gone <laughs> behind camera so we have yeah we have very limited uh, very limited resources but i think for anybody who wants to make their own movie it's a good you know good proof that you should just do it try not to let things stand in your way because nothing's always going to be perfect all the way around. And um, even if you have more resources, you probably have more people to answer to at that point. And then that's going to mm. be, that's going to be maybe not delightful. <laughs> maybe, not delightful. <laughs> maybe not delightful. My favorite reoccurring bit is Stephen asking Farley, if it's like a related to a Hong Sang Su or a 
uh, our <laughs> auteurist filmmaker. <laughs> and then uh, Ben Farley, Farley says, no, it's uh, the pit is uh, the reference point. There. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I So I grew up watching like the pit and all these weird movies on our local uh, channel that just showed whatever they could get cheap. They would broadcast yeah. over the airwaves. So uh, I saw pit many times and I'm, I, you know, I'd be talking about Ator or Ator, the fighting eagle oh, or someone. Yes. And they, yeah, and they'd yeah. be, someone would be talking about, you know, regular Conan. I'd be like, yeah, I'm watching Ator over here. It's on free at like 10 AM on Saturday, <laughs> just because it was cheap. So all, all these B movies were like coming into to my being. And then, knowing people at the video stores watching bad taste watching evil dead yeah. you know all yes. that kind of stuff that that's where i started to be like okay there's you look at bad taste and you're like look how how i can yeah. wrap my head around not his effects are amazing but these are normal oh, yeah, yeah. normal guys yeah it doesn't yeah. look so glossy classic derricks yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 it's not intimidating in in like a movie star kind of way mm. it's just like wow and that, that that's cool that really like opens up your mind to be like okay i can I can think about that. If we ever do make a, a podcast about cult movies, I, I suppose we'll have to invite you back if you if you'd ever be up for such a thing. Um, for the oh yeah, I'm, I'd always help with whatever whatever you got going on. Yeah, I know. It would be beautiful for, for filmmaking family stuff. It really Don Doler. You know, you kind of think like he's the guy. And my one of my pet favorites is Wood Chipper Massacre, which is a VHS shot <laughs> oh, one. That, I love it. <laughs> that is this reference yeah yeah very family friendly and just has that spirit of i wanted to make john mcbride you know i wanted to make a movie and i feel like i'm just so kids were so influenced by friday the 13th and halloween franchises and hall this horror like but it's really like has all these sweet moments and like little after school hangout moments and stuff <laughs> oh john john mcbride did feeders that's where i know him from yeah yeah Woodchipper yeah working massacre. with polonias yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but wood chipper okay. massacre is is my is my favorite awesome just a couple of days ago jack and i were watching a family-friendly bigfoot movie uh the legend of boggy creek is that oh. something you're familiar with is yeah, yeah yeah i love that i love that i mean there you go so for some regional yeah filmmaking like family and, friendly yeah with a bit, but as you said earlier like there is that horror element to it because the, most of it is just like so quaint and tranquil like almost like one of those old disney movies yeah. and then it's just like oh no this is a bigfoot movie this is like, like a horrific big movie. a little but, bit of violence and yeah yeah oh yeah lovely mix of things you really feel like you've been to that place after you watch that 100%. movie it's almost Ar like a Arkansas. documentary yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, res I respect the heck out of that. We've covered that movie and we, we happened upon that years ago and we're very mm. influenced by that. And I love the regional films. And I wish they were still like drive-ins that you could, you know, if you had a print, you could show your movie there. That would yeah. be amazing. Because if we could make a movie cheaply enough that we could show it at a few drive-ins, it would maybe pay for itself. That would be so cool. I do always recommend like to an audience, especially as press, the only way to really get into interesting outsider film is to go to like local genre festivals it's it's not like you go to the festival with your town's name and it's like uh i i have like north bend festival here which is like in twin peaks community but it's all vanguard mm -hmm. filmmaking like shot in the woods of north bend and just around that uh, uh twin peaks area so nice. you gotta really explore and and find like where the outsider art is it's probably not at you know toronto international or or um tribeca or or even yeah. sundance it's, uh, it's and, you, and you might have to watch a hundred to get to the one that really yes. speaks to you. So, um, what, what what's the canon then? Like, what, what are the movies that one should watch to fully appreciate ooh. the motor movies? So, what what are these B movies? 
this exploitation oh. that we should really, really make sure to give us five. <laughs> Go tos, the the headliners. Yeah. If you've got uh, any off the top of your take head. Take the pit the is red. The pit's over there. <laughs> the yeah. shop marathon classics. Of course the pit. Um let's see. Um we we liked uh, Memorial Valley Massacre for its sort of ensemble. <laughs> the massacre genre is just very represented here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, ensemble cast. Um, we really liked watching together uh, Slumber Party Massacre three. Um, <laughs> I've only that's seen the one that uh, three. Yeah, I've seen yeah. one and two. The I loved sec- two. Second oh. one's the one with the guitar. Yeah, yep. the second one's incredible. I love yeah. that movie. So strange. But three is a lot less like stylized and like oh. um, sort of issueish. It's 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 really just like really fun. So we were inspired by that one. It's quite hard to see now for some. Yeah, I, I know because I watched two and was ready to watch three, but yeah, I haven't been able to see it since the VHS that we we have. Tom has a VHS of it. Um, that's a good one. Current movies I don't watch too many, but I do like Cadaver, Last Skeleton of Cadaver. I do like the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. I awesome. really, really all of them. You know, he's he's doing some him and he and his crew and his group of actors are doing such good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Old, the old dark house movie that they did you know everything that those guys did i, I love um awesome and then for me personally i probably wouldn't be making any movies if it weren't for chris elliott and get a life um the american tv show that's my favorite thing um awesome i kind of knew when i was watching it there's like oh my god this is the best you go into school the next day and everyone would be like i don't know what that is <laughs> or i'm not watching that so oh, yeah, I think we all had those kind of things. So. Chris Elliott, Adam Resnick, uh, it's just the humor on that just really speaks to me. So I know most of the episodes really, really, really well. Um, and, you know, yeah, just really fun stuff. And, you know, I watch a lot of um, the original Batman, too, for for comedy. Yes. That's pr- yeah, I'm going to yeah. put that up in my, I know it's not really a shock movie, but I'm going to put that up in the pantheon of something like <laughs> to watch every day and be delighted. And the the language the friendliness mm. of it um the, the the charm um what doesn't it have you know yeah that's the answer is nothing it's all good <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i don't know that's that's uh, we we do happen across some fun stuff oh oh yeah i'm gonna say blood cult blood cult blood cult <laughs> shot on vhs yeah blood cult uh oklahoma 1985 86 uh Touts itself as being the movie that was banned on um, a Midwestern college campus. I don't know the specs, the details of that. Maybe they just said, no, we're busy that night. There's like a PTA meeting in here. Like, you're banning us. (laughs) 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 For ridiculous reasons. Uh, So, yeah, that movie for incorporating people of all ages, for having a lack of glamour, for having really realistic locations and um but being competent enough that you can watch it not like mm. completely like a broken movie like there's a few mystery science theater ones that you that are like they're too hard to hear or see the picture yeah. like that's some of the really really when people talk about b movies like have you watched there's some that are really deep you know poor quality but um <clears throat> i like i like blood cults very friendly and uh it was refreshing and slowly paced and you know there's just like some weird moments and we, we do seek the weird moments out you know yes, you, if you're watching yeah. a lot of movies in a row you want to find this moment where you're just like i never heard that word before or what yeah, is the in between moments yeah what's the yeah, deal yeah. with this relationship or why did they let that guy eat that hamburger on camera so long <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, didn't somebody think don't do that but no they didn't and now it's like in uh in one of the bill rebane movies they had a goat in the scene that's in uh rana and uh, the goat is going around in the background and this this old guy in a cabin is doing his lines and the goat is like kicking over stuff and tries to climb up on the table and kicks the table out and i'm like this is great this is what i want to see there's no goat wrangler there's just a goat <laughs> having a grand old time over there you know you can't get that easily. So there's going to be a goat in the next motor movie. That's good to know. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. <laughs> Please. Farley trying to wrangle a goat on camera. Yeah. Possibly mm. go wrong. That's a movie. It'll that's be like a, the that's a na- hockey training scene. He's just chasing after the goat. Yeah. 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 Well, if we make our basketball movie, though, I don't know. First, oh, it was going to be Space more. Space Jam 3. Here we go. I was surprised yeah. you weren't in Space Jam 2. Everyone else was, to be fair. I was surprised <laughs> that Farley wasn't on the team. Oh, they should have gotten him in there. That would have been great. <sighs> yeah, next Get on the, the soundtrack. Numbers. Yeah. Get on the soundtrack. <laughs> Would have been better, yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not for Jack, obviously, but for us. I'm very That's weak perfect. on knowledge of current movies, though. I did not see that. Um, you're fine. You're, yeah, you're fine. fine. <laughs> Unfortunately, the rest of us all did. I don't know why we all did. Everyone else here has seen Space Jam too. Yeah, we have funny. a wide set of interests. Have the characters of the devils in it. I can't not watch a film with the nuns from the devils in it. Yeah, and we have i'd say that in manch vegas one one treat without without doing us this is not a spoiler but um for people who like the mechanics of filmmaking when we were filming a scene there's a date scene that happens and we were filming with one uh guy that we work with sometimes and he sort of knew just enough about movies to be dangerous meaning he <laughs> sort of knew that you're not supposed to eat the food so if you watch the the scene where he's having pizza with marie um he mimes the food but goes for like the frozen in statue kind of gesture we were like it's okay we have more pieces here we'll we'll like replenish you for the next take but he kind of he just goes like that so that's a little easter egg to look for that's a funny moment that we did not Uh, plan that we didn't think it was worth risking 30 dollars to shoot again (laughs) <laughs> but it just, it just happened. It's kind of in the background, but we were like, great. <laughs> yeah, it is true. You got to worry about continuity, but not to the point that you make yourself a statue mid shot. <laughs> That's what I tell people is like, if there's method acting, we are so far away <laughs> from that. Good, that good. <laughs> during good, scenes, people come out of their care. Forget about staying in, in character during like <laughs> offset. While the camera's running, they come. Like, you know, nervous look towards the camera, like Pee Wee Herman when he gets his uh, his extra role. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Amazing. I don't know. That's one thing from Manch Vegas to look for. But ultimately, it was it was just a dream to have Farley, Tom, Marie running around town. I just think, what did people think when they were driving by? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> what are those guys doing? You know, like, and I kind of think having that, summer fun, having summer fun, maybe summer, summer fun. fun. Yeah, and I think a couple of them hopefully were like, hey, you know what? That's kind of cool. You know, maybe uh, yeah. they're kind of putting their money where their mouth is to say, hey, people should make fun movies, no matter how hard it is, and they're doing it exactly Can't wait to see fun. your next I fun love- movie tomorrow night oh yeah, magic spot premiere oh, yeah. tomorrow night yeah yeah next mm-hmm. fun movie coming i know isn't that crazy so yeah it's all squared away and I love uh, the poster love the official poster oh, that's for fantastic. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. looks yeah. really cool you are up here for the premiere right I'm going to go up there for the premiere with yeah. my wife uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Someone named Lucy drew that artwork. We kind of, we were inspired by the art for um, my uncle, the alien. 
which is a, uh, a family film from the mid 90s. And, uh, well, actually, Farley was a really, ins- I said, Farley, do you know about this? Oh, movie? My, my God. Uncle, do you know about this movie, My Uncle the Alien? One second, let me, just, let, said, me just, no. let me just look this up. So I showed it to him and he said, you know what? I'm getting inspired by it now. That could be the next poster. And I was like, you know what? Yes, <laughs> I've been looking at this poster nonstop. The one with the White House. And the alien. Yes, yes, the yes, yes. <laughs> there's one girl who's like, aren't I like a young, cool star? And then there's like the skateboard kid who's like, yeah. This has um, like train quest energy. This is not, this yeah, is a yeah, train yeah. quest. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna not watch my uncle the alien. Oh, though. well, you can, yeah. The, the, the alien's it. only in it for about like 40 seconds, but perfect, those perfect. 40 perfect. seconds That's... are heavenly. <laughs> mind blowing yeah you gotta see it you know it's a good movie where most of the ratings are like down at the one end but then it's got yeah. a big proportion of five stars as well yeah oh, this makes like mac and me look it. like uh it makes mac and me look like et amazing so, <laughs> yeah you've got to check it out absolutely oh, this yeah um, this is like a matte movie jesus christ so yeah so we'd like the, the fun of that and then farley posed and you know uh Lucy did did the artwork and she did the font too, which was kind of fun. And then we were thinking, you know what? Yeah, it has that kind of family seventies vibe. Like, you know, mm. it looks like it could have been like a young adult paperback or something. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, you would have yeah, got definitely. at a Scholastic Book Fair. Um, <laughs> yes. So yeah, so we were happy with that, and thank oh. heaven she did that. And you know, we got the movie done like with a week to spare, and then uh, you know it's ready to go. So yeah, excited, excited to see it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And then I guess to the wider world the next day. Oh, yeah, and I've got I've got my copy pre-ordered. I'll be watching it on Saturday yeah. and oh, then you're writing kind. about it for the site as soon as possible. Oh, you're too kind. Well, thank you. I hope, I hope you have fun with it. It's got a lot do of I music. Uh, Farley and Elizabeth do an amazing job. McGee is always is lovely. So I hear he sings. I hear he sings. <laughs> yeah. Wait and see. But yes, he does. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of on the line for everything. We've committed to covering all of your movies uh, in perpetuity. So it's a uh, we we don't know enough to be dangerous, though. Unlike uh, unlike some of your actors, we're yeah, we're not we, we practiced enough to uh, to to pose any threat. Um, uh, well, you're too kind. What you guys are doing is awesome. Uh, even watching all the Druid movies and everything. And you do you, you guys covered up two Todd, so you got to see yeah, McGee. Yeah, yeah. you got oh, to yeah. see McGee's. Uh, can I call it a soliloquy? No, it's not a soliloquy. It's just his speech, I, I'll, I'll say, about his past. Um, oh, yes. I'll tell you, when Farley and I were in the room that day with a little mini DV camera in a five-by-five five bedroom in Manchester, and he goes to the heights of, of acting, seriousness, <laughs> yep. and calm, everything, all at He's once. so good. He's been training. So good. It was just like, oh, my gosh, this is this, I mean, it's worth making a movie to get to that kind of a moment. You know, you make Actually, sure you, hope, you only get so many moments in your life that are that good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I would also recommend if you're looking into uh, B movies or New England movies, Giancola, David Giancola's action movies out of Vermont, um, Time Chasers being the one that's most famous. Oh, yeah. But yeah. there's some others after that that are kind of funny too. And uh, he does a good job with local people. Time Chasers is a pet favorite, though. Mm, I've I've seen Time Chasers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a, he does a good job. So yeah, that's I guess that's all. I just hope that awesome. yeah, I hope well, you, I'm happy. You, uh... Yeah, you're covering Manch Vegas is fantastic. It's it's a little bit of a harder one to cover because it doesn't have you know the River Beast. It doesn't have mm. 
it's easier to promote a horror movie, I think, or a Christmas movie than it is a summer movie. A summer movie, yeah. yeah. A summer and, murder mystery movie. Yeah, especially like <laughs> is it so genre split of like like all these like dueling storylines that you could mm. I guess equally promote on their own, be like, but it's not that. It is that, but it's, it's a not romance. That. And then it's yeah. also this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You almost just have to get people in the room and just 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 enjoy it. But uh your guy you guys are helping us and hopefully mm. uh some other people will through streaming if it does get out there yeah, more just I mean, by I mean, chance Netflix is failing right now so if you hit them up again go you know you 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 served <laughs> you, us earlier you us. Now, yeah. your subscribers are dropping we have a movie for you maybe you yeah. need us now yeah, That's yeah, yeah. who's big now netflix who's yeah, big admit, now they'll call me now <laughs> Disney. Disney. You're like, this guy called me in 2009 hello 30 discs that you sent me. Oh, amazing. oh, so you host Chappelle, but you won't host us. Interesting, Netflix. Interesting. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, one good thing about being family friendly is when we had our River Beast distribution deal, we could go to any, you know, they went to a few different countries and they didn't have to cut anything out because nothing yeah. was really too cut everywhere. Yeah, nothing was offensive or and or scary, I guess. <laughs> so they're like, everybody's good with it. You know? River Beast action. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed, no scares. So yeah, well, this is again, this is so nice that you guys are doing this, and uh, yeah, Manch Vegas needs it needs some love, and it needs to get back out there awesome. in the world. So fun. And now Absolute. that it's you know summer coming up, we're gonna try to promote it, and yeah, we'll know, be get pushing people in, well. in the mood. Like, get more people to see it. Too kind. Too, Too kind, good not to see. Um, yeah, we absolute pleasure having you here, and uh, thanks for talking sexy on the telephone. Uh, <laughs> i heard you guys say that before that is funny so you didn't know it was from the pit or no i i, I you, you subsequently researched it though and you know no i don't oh, know where okay. it's from yeah it's just yeah. my catchphrase i borrowed from you from the pit apparently he says it every call we have of him it's very strange yeah. not even this Sorry. podcast it's yeah. just yeah. every other folks yeah yeah before we yeah, let you go, Charlie, I just want to ask because I think this this film, I think this is the first film where horseshoes are uh, oh yes. are, are introduced, and obviously it's yeah. a big part in River Beast. Who who has this horseshoe set up in their garden? Yeah, like, well, I think you know the answer there. It's Mr. Sports, Kevin McGee. Um, yes, I, I, know, I, just needed, I just needed it. I needed it to be confirmed. Yeah, just like, he just had it's, it. uh, it's he just had such it. a specific thing to own, to be interested in. And I love it. It's just like that is the ethos of your movies to me. It's just like this, this, this sport from like a bygone era that holds the glue of the movie together. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. Well, that, I like that Jack yeah. doesn't realize we have horseshoes on on each corner of America. Uh, it's a national pastime. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's more prom- prominent here, but uh, <laughs> I just love it. I just oh, I associate right. horseshoes with River Beast and Manch Vegas now. Yeah, and wherever there, wherever there's a set, Kevin McGee will go and win. So, uh, <laughs> we love him for it. <laughs> amazing thank you so much so by the time this comes out obviously magic spot will be available on vimeo um yeah. so please check that out and hopefully while some stuff as well you'll be able to read some stuff about that movie as well on mm-hmm. the website twingeeks.com for your magic spot coverage the magic spot for the magic spot um <laughs> but i think matt obviously will be seeing it in person tomorrow Mm-hmm. Um, cannot cool. wait. Mm-hmm. Driving out to the middle of the woods again. <laughs> hey, nice. Yeah, yeah. And for nice this, time. you could you could buy it on Vimeo for now, but uh, uh, stay tuned because it may have more options uh, 
that's that's exciting yeah. to, to have yeah. you here for this. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, it's going to be fun. It's it's, it's a magic when it, you know it's fun having it come out the first day, and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, people get to getting to watch it that first day without any spoilers or anything. To have a nice ex, <laughs> nice experience with that's it. That's just going to fill my DMs with spoilers. Just ruining <laughs> <laughs> Shit, the camera. Wasn't this, kind, wasn't this part good? Wasn't this part good? <laughs> you know I can't watch it, Matt. You know I can't. <laughs> Amazing. What does I he mean, Kevin it. Mickey was the spy? well i hope you guys enjoy it and you're too kind and you have good film knowledge and excellent taste might i add (laughs) very much and thank you very well spoken y'all yes i think i uh speak on behalf of all of us when we i don't know we found the motor movies like mid last year and it's just been like it's been a delight discovering them and talking with them uh, talking about them and talking with you guys and talking with other people online and going through the Golden Ninja video stuff. And it's just been such a welcome oddity in our little lives. So uh, oh. just thank you for what you do. Well, thank yeah. you. Well, you're a huge part of it because when you think about what percentage of the content that's coming out about the movies, you know, you're taking over now. You're putting your stamp on it you're, and you're really helping yeah, yeah. us. But uh, oh. that makes me feel happy. So thank you. Awesome. So thanks for listening to Don't Let the Moturn Cast Get You. You can find uh, all the things the Moturn gang do on moturnmedia.com. They've got a Vimeo. They've got uh, music. <laughs> Matt Farley puts out too many if songs. If you type in anything on Spotify, it's probably Matt Farley. So just, just put yes. in a string of words. Uh, you can find uh, the gang here at thetwingeeks.com. Charlie, have you got anything you want to plug other than Magic Spot and the Vimeo and Motown in general? No, I mean, and it, some of the movies are on Amazon too. If someone doesn't, sure. if it's easier mm-hmm. for them to watch it on their device mm-hmm. on Amazon and Amazon UK as well. So okay. you, yeah. My uncle, the aliens on Pluto TV. <laughs> oh, it's on Pluto. <laughs> it's on Pluto. Awesome. Well, that is going, Ooh, that's going straight up. My uncle, the alien. <laughs> yeah. You might have inspired me to watch it for the 12th time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Charlie Roxburgh, you're so talented. You are a very good movie maker. You're the director of lots of great movies like Freaky Farley and Slingshot Cops. Charlie Roxburgh, you're so good with a of shots done in one day oh my goodness Charlie Roxburgh all time super duper talented movie director Charlie Roxburgh you are a kind and decent human being oh Charlie Roxburgh Don't let the rain